Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. Man, there was a bear bear, all black and brown and covered in hair. Hello, I'm Lot, Lady of Tarth, joined with Chicky. Hey, I am Chicky. I am at the Chikrin on Twitter. And Devin. Hey, this is Devin, GD Harpo on Twitter. Thank you, everyone, for joining us as we cover Danny Five from A Clash of Kings. Um, just a heads up that we do spoil things. And. Um, <laughs> Or ruin them. You could just say we ruined them. Ruin them, yeah. <laughs> Spoil, ruin. Definitely don't come here for your pleasure. Um, we can't promise that. <laughs> okay. You know what is pleasurable? Shrimp soup. So if we open up this chapter oh, with God. Danny eating shrimp soup. I that- literally was like, shrimp and persimmon. I don't know. That that doesn't sound great. Is this, is this an actual cuisine that I'm not aware of? Is persimmon kind of like that grapefruit fruity thing? No, it's kind of a little bit, I mean, I like persimmons, but they're kind of a little mealy, like they're a little bit like a a, a bland peach maybe would be something. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know the best way to describe I've the flavor. I've never had these things. Yeah, I just don't know why you would eat it with shrimp. It doesn't yeah, I don't either. Cor- it doesn't seem correct at all. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. You, you give me, you know, citrus fruit, I would understand, even stone fruit maybe. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't seem right, the persimmon, but... <laughs> Maybe George had this somewhere. I don't know. So you know what is uh, questionably delicious? Shrimp soup. (laughs) I've never had this stuff, so I don't know. But now I'm going to Google it after this episode. Anyway, she's planning her outfit for the day. Um, she opts for Dothraki attire. Um, and then there's this line that I just, I, it yes. really took yes. me back. Like her the line. Say it. Her it. small breasts move Why freely the fuck is it in there? beneath Why? a painted <laughs> vest. I'm like, like who just, has this thought? No one. She wouldn't think of that. Exactly. I, like, I no. read that and I was like, okay, come on. What are we doing? <laughs> no. I just, I, I, I don't think anyone with breasts has ever had this thought. Oh, ever. my God. Oh, it was so unnecessary. <laughs> oh, God. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where to... I I'm, just, so, I'm so glad you brought it up, because I was like, no, no, just let it go. Don't say anything about it. I'm, well, I'm glad we all immediately knew <laughs> what, what was being talked about. <laughs> it's just like, no doubt. We all were there. Okay, good, because I had the same thought. of like, should I even? And I'm like, and I, I'm just doing it. I wish, I wish, I wish George's wife had intervened on this one. Right? I wish she'd been like, "Buddy, we got to have a talk." We need some lady editors up in here. <laughs> he has women editors, though. Then he have women editors. Yes. I mean, maybe he fought really hard for this one. Right? <laughs> <laughs> he probably this did. Was the one where he was like, "No, no, 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 no. That has to be there." Very. He's like, "How am I going to insert the male gaze if I don't do it like this?" <laughs> 
Anyway, she's her hair is also getting braided, a Dothraki style, and she's got a bell at the end. And she objects to that a little bit. Then, not only a little, she's convinced, yeah, okay, maybe the bell's a good idea. Anyway, she rides down to the water and notices um, the people are staring at her, and there's no love in their eyes for her. And she thinks of all her whole life has been nothing but a flight, fleeing from one place to the next. Zaro is with her and uh, has... But there was this line that she said, some, and I don't have it in front of me, of course, but it was like basically something about how she'd been fleeing since she was in the womb or something. And it was just like so poignant and so true. Like poor Danny has just never had a place. It's so sad. Yeah. 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 That that was in there, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Sorry, I derailed you. No, no, it's just, yeah, no, no, no derailment. It's true. It's true if you stop to think about it. Like, it's, um, it's kind of interesting then when you think about, like, her character makeup and how she's so hyper-focused on going back to Westeros and yeah. this, this is why, right? Even though she's never really been there. She's never known it. She doesn't have yeah. anybody there yeah. waiting for her. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, Zaro is with her, um, and he's informed her that Pyat Pri and uh, the surviving warlocks are really planning a revenge upon her. And, you know, she's a bit dismissive, but Zaro insists that things are changing, and, you know, these are strange times, and kind of get these hints that magic is coming back. Things that didn't work before are working again. Uh, He also tells her um, that, you know, strange times are bad for business, and... Um, he has a vision of her and him and their baby at her breast and, uh, Danny refuses and Zaro goes cold and tells her she needs to go. Um, I love how fast she shuts it down now. Yeah. No more games. Uh, Danny knows she needs to leave Karth, but you know, she's conflicted on where Jorah says, you know, or where to go because you know Jorah is telling her to go east away from her enemies the Dothraki want to return to their grasslands and then she contemplates vast Toloro a, a place where her dragons can grow and then she has this thought of like none of these yet feel right to her she's not quite sure where to flee to next Danny asks Zaro for one last thing a ship uh, he proposes a trade three ships for a dragon and she's like no not no, not for one hundred. Even she tells him, and uh, she says she'll consider it for a third of all the ships in the world. And then after this conversation, Zaro disappears, and his messages after that are much icier. And uh, he also says he wants all his gifts back. <laughs> it's like class act, Zaro. Class act. This is classic. That's not how, that's not how gifts work. <laughs> yeah, this is this is a classic dude shut down. And that is a classic response right there. <laughs> but I love, I love most. I love that Danny, Danny is like, oh, that's what these dragons are worth. Like a third of all the ships in the world. Like she's thinking on like a massive scale at this point. And that is, that that is kind of empowering to read. It's it's good to see that she's like, you know, she's really she's really understanding now where she's at with them. Yeah, she did. She did the like the war math calculations in her head, right? Yeah. It's only three of these in the world. He wants one third of that. He, you know, how many ships could, how many ships are there in the world? And that she literally asks him that how many ships are there in the world? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Well, and it's just like all she, all she had, she's just basing this on the fact that, you know, 
Drogon, who's not even like an adolescent yet, basically still just a baby, has taken out, you know, this faction in a major faction in a major city, you know, on his own, basically. And so she's she's like, oh, that's what I've got here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've got power. Yep. Um, she thinks about those three treasons that the warlocks had said uh, would occur. Uh, one for blood, one for gold, and one for love. And she kind of, you know, she just has these musings of what they could be. Um, she also speaks with Jorah a bit about her own family of Viserys and Rhaegar and his children killed by the Lannisters. She asks Jorah um, what the A Song of Ice and Fire is, and he repeats a song he's never heard of. As they reach Karth's market, uh, Jogo smells the salt sea air and does not like it. Uh, none of the Dothraki do. And Danny just kind of tells herself that, you know, they'll learn. They'll learn to brave it like she braved their, their sea of grass. And then there was this line that describes other smells that gave me a double take. So it's just like another, it's like not imperative or important to this story, but the air smelled of salt and frying fish, of hot tar and honey, of incense and oil and sperm. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I totally glazed over this sentence. Like, yeah. In my first read, sperm, really? Yeah. <laughs> I was always smelling like what's uh, how much sperm is what? there in this how place? Much that smell? <laughs> like how much must there be for you be able to distinguish and how much yes. have you smelled for you yeah. to be able to distinguish that <laughs> it's a very distinctive george <sighs> george just loves to be a little edgy he just thinks he's he's edgy he's on the edge I like i was trying to think okay they're by body of art is this like a whale sperm we're talking about like what's going on <laughs> i mean for real like, <laughs> like it has to be it's like they're making perfumes with it or something specific. i don't know <laughs> like, oh, God. <laughs> it's like a glue or something I don't know. <laughs> it's an industry we're unaware of that's the only thing that makes sense <laughs> Okay, uh, so thank you for going down that path with me. Uh, Danny observes the many ships docked, and uh, she's looking for passage, um, and she's coming up empty. You know, all of the captains are refusing her, you know, for a, a litany of reasons. And as Danny and Jorah continue their walk, he informs her that they're being followed by two men. One is large and brown, the other old with a staff. There is a whole bit where they are... Um, using this like brass uh, plate to kind of like watch the men that are watching them. And uh, in the midst of all this, you have this like brass seller kind of haggling with Danny for a price. And, you know, they're not, not really paying too much attention to him. They're paying attention to the guys that are stalking them. And um, at some point, a, th- a small jeweled box is thrust in her face and um, she kind of just takes it, like not really without contemplating what she's doing. And then there's this like a, like a, bug inside and uh, her hand is smacked really hard and it sends the box flying and then everyone in her vicinity starts freaking out at the sight of it and then the old man crushes it with his staff and then apologizes for hitting Danny's hand and asks if he's broken it and um, then like her guards are there and they're holding them at, at blade point and uh, Danny tells them to cease that you know they saved her life um, they introduce themselves. It's Belos, a eunuch from the fighting pits of Marine. His, they describe his belly as being really big and scarred, one for each of the men he's killed. And the old man calls himself 
Arston. <laughs> doesn't he? Doesn't yeah. he just? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they've been sent there by Illyrio, along with three ships, to bring her back to Pentos. Arston informs her that, you know, King Robert is dead and the Seven Kingdoms is a mess. Uh, this makes Danny very happy, but, you know, she hides it. And she thinks about three ships and three heads of the dragon. She asks that the ships be renamed Vagan, Meraxus, and Berlian. And that she wants these painted on the ship for every man to see and know the dragon has returned. I good grief. Um, so much happening here. Yeah. Um, and like, I'll, I'll, I'll fully own this. I don't know that I have reread Barristan's chapters um, since the first time I read Dance, maybe I have glanced into them. I don't remember, but why did he go to Illyrio? Why would he? Why would he? Why would he have thought to even go to Illyrio? Right? How I don't does even he know, know how him? that happened? Exactly. Did Illyrio contact him? I don't know. If, if, if you don't know, I certainly don't know. <laughs> I, I certainly do not know because let me tell yeah, you no, one I don't. I don't really give that much of a shit about. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Especially enough to reread his chapters. Um, <laughs> but I would have to imagine that after he was, um, after Joffrey fired him, um, uh, Littlefinger or Varys, one of them was whispering somewhere, and that's how it maybe got started. Like, uh, oh, this guy's available. Let's get him over here. Yeah. One yeah, of those would seem to be the logical. My thought was Varys too, but I was like, would would Barristan have trusted Varys? I just, I guess, I I will have to actually uh, reread his chapters at some point. I know, right? <laughs> out what happens? Um, I mean, what options would he have had at that point anyway? Yeah, yeah. not many. Not many, because it was pretty obvious that that Cersei or Joffrey was gonna end up killing him. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know what else I forgot about this is how like. Uh, categorically heroic this moment is like you know there's no i know that i know that i know that hating barristan is very popular in fandom now i still like barristan sell me wait a minute uh, i didn't know that I, I, why yeah. <laughs> oh people hate barristan people hate him now they just why? hate him um but you know this is a very i mean like this is this is you know close to brienne level entry of heroic deeds for your I mean, I realize this is not Barristan's intro, but it's kind of like his reintroduction. It's definitely his introduction, you know, with Danny. Um, it is, you know, I think George likes him. That's that's what I'm getting at. I don't think I don't think George I don't think George is with fandom on Barristan. I okay. I, I still don't know though. Like I, this is news to me. I, I'm kind of um, self admittedly out of fandom uh, quite well, a bit. I, so there are different factions who dislike him for different reasons. There are people who are like, why isn't he more embarrassed that he number one just like put up with um with the with the killing of Eris and just joined the next Kingsguard like nothing happened. And there are other people who are like, you know, why did he put up with Eris to begin with? And why did he support the evil regime? I mean, and then, you know, like there are people who are mad at him for putting up with Jamie in the Kingsguard. I mean, there there are a lot of reasons that people don't like him. <laughs> um, yes, actually, um, Green Mountain Woman from Reddit. Um, sorry if this isn't strictly about this chapter, more of a general question. Does anyone else have doubts about the universally admired Barristan Selmy? Hmm. 
His skill and courage are, admir- are admirable, but he served a line of kings ranging from incompetent to downright psychopathic with no qualms that I can recall. He only got angry when he was attacked personally by Joffrey for being too old. Then he stormed off to find Danny. Otherwise, wouldn't he have stood by while Joffrey did whatever Joffrey did? I don't think that's especially admirable. And I mean, that's the issue with the entire King's Guard. He's a soldier. Yes, yeah. that's what it is. He's a soldier. It's what soldiers do. They they buy into a philosophy of, you know, you're in service and you you're doing it for a, a cause. And it can take quite a lot to shake that out of your head. That's that's the way I view it. Yeah, and I think, you know, I mean, yeah, this is all true. I mean, there's no question. Yes, Barristan served and supported terrible regimes and terrible monarchs and probably did terrible things while he was doing that. And, you know, there's the whole the whole issue of the fact that he, you know, it's not like he made any efforts to stop the assassins who were sent after Danny that he knew about when he was on the small council and stuff. I mean, you know, same, you know, to a different degree, same conversation can be had about Ned. I mean, you know. Yes, that is that is certainly all true. I don't think in the grand scheme of A Song of Ice and Fire that you could argue that Barristan Selmy is one of the darker characters, though. No. He's just, <laughs> he's just not. I don't know what else to say about it. I mean, his his code may not be as solid as other people's code, but he definitely has a code. And I think he thinks he's living by it. And, you know, I just mm-hmm. don't really I don't have the, I don't have the massive issue with him that other people do. But then again, I'm a huge Jamie Lannister fan, so I, I can accept a lot of uh, shades yeah. of gray in a person. <laughs> Yeah, the thing with Jamie Lannister, though, and, you know, to some extent, Sander, is, like, they at least recognize how absolute bullshit this, like, facade of honor can be, right? Yeah. Well, and, you know, this is an ongoing critique of George's. You know, he he grew up in the 60s and 70s um, as an American man, especially, facing, you know, <laughs> possibly being sent to Vietnam to fight against his will and had, I think, the critiques of of military that, that a lot of people from his generation had, which is, you know, you're, you're, you have to go in and you, you think you're following some code, but they tell you to do something wrong and you just do it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think he has those critiques. I think he I think he definitely, you know, wants to lift the lid on on what is and isn't honorable. And I mean, obviously, Barristan has done some things that are kind of objectively bad, but I don't think he's the terrible person, maybe, that he kind of is painted as now. Yeah. This is why critical thought is so important, people. Why you should never follow anything blindly. An idea, a country, a person. Yep. Critical thought. Anyway, (laughs) is there anything else? (laughs) Um, So from, we have a few more pieces of mail. So from a speaking span on Reddit, um, they asked, did anyone immediately realize Arston Whitebeard's true identity, or were you like me and couldn't figure out who the Gandalf-type dude was for an embarrassingly long time? Oh, um, that's a good question. Uh, me, I, I can tell you, it's not even, uh, it's not a super deep response. I, like, uh, I got bored at a lot of these chapters that weren't, like, characters I were particularly interested in, so I honestly didn't give it much thought. <laughs> You know, I kind of think I'm going to go with that camp. I I don't honestly remember, but I I had the first uh, three books to read, bam, bam, bam. So I probably just moved on to the next one and Mm. figured it out at some point. I don't know. I don't remember, though. 
I remember like when I when this revealed, like I remember going back and being like, "What the fuck?" Like, cause I had, I had no clue. <laughs> like I, <laughs> that's who he was. But it, Arston. Okay. All yeah, right, Arston. Arston. <laughs> well, I want to defend myself. I was in the days when it's like nobody was reading wikis. You know, when they were reading oh, stuff. Yeah. So it's like I couldn't just go. I don't. I probably could have found it out, but I, I, I think I just kept reading, and I, I know I did figure it out. I don't remember when. Yeah, I don't know. It's too many names. I was so checked out of Danny's chapters at this point. Same. <laughs> and, and I, yeah, I really think that's where I was. All, like I, I remember enjoying like a couple of her chapters, chapters in this book, particularly. I mean, the House of the Undying, of course. But then there was just so much of nothing. It's too much new, too quickly yeah. for me. I'm like I couldn't so hold on to the worlds that she was in. It was, it was hard. Well, and she, more than anyone, has so many characters that yes. don't really come up anywhere else. So you're just kind of trying to keep your head above water, keeping track of what's going on, even in the moment in her chapters sometimes on the first read. And you also just get the sense, I mean, that she's just passing through. So this. Yeah. Why remember much of what's happening? Yeah, my brain could yeah. only file so much. And I'm like, not important. Toss it away. <laughs> It is a uh, shame that they never did Strong Bellowis in the show. What a good character. Well, our um, next question, actually, from Green Mountain Woman on Reddit. During my initial reading, I thought Strong Bellowis was hilarious. On reflection, isn't the buffoonish way he's depicted and his patterns of speech a racist character? Yeah. yeah. Probably. Which, yeah. if they would have done him on the show and did it, to the book oh my goodness you do make a point there you that, do make yeah. a point there <laughs> but he's he so much hilarious. fun and you know he's what he so is funny though he's so needed in danny's chat you know like you need that little bit of just like you know bravado and levity a lot of the time in her terrible chapters that's probably his own like i don't know maybe this is giving too much credit though but part of that bravado and that humor is like a disarming kind of element to his character it makes you kind of like uh underestimate him in a sense oh yeah because he can back all this shit up <laughs> right <laughs> yeah <laughs> big time yeah uh, um, we got more yep got two more um, so from Cardinal Girl 75 on discord knowing what we now know about Varys and Illyrio's true plans do you think they wanted Danny to return to Pentos because they wanted her to invade Westeros immediately and leave the field clear for Fagon sooner than it happened or to marry him and join forces. What do you think Danny's reaction would have been if she'd learned about him at this point in the story? <laughs> and was I the only idiot who didn't realize that Arson was Barristan Selmy on an initial read? <laughs> no, sure. you were no, not. No, you were not. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, it, it's very obvious in this chapter that George has resolved to bring back Aegon or fake Aegon. Like, you know, there's just kind of like a few little references to him in here. Um, I don't know. I don't know if they would have just wanted to marry her to Aegon and get the dragons, probably. Would be my guess. I think, too, you got to look at like kind of the chaos that Westeros is in and they're probably thinking, well, time to strike while the iron's hot, you know. I don't know, though. Varys was being so cautious. And I think he says, I think he tells Kevin that he isn't, he's being rushed, that he didn't want to do things this quickly. 
So they may have wanted to wait a little. Well, and we know that Tyrion will talk Aegon into moving faster than at least John Connington wants him to move. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if George was fully resolved on on what Illyrio's role was at this point. Anyway, he might have been by now, but I mean, he just, definitely wasn't in the last book. Yeah, even just getting her back into that part of the world, though, so she's ready on deck, kind of thing, you know. Well, and the dragons, I think that—that's what I mean too. Want like those damn? Everybody wants these fucking dragons. They're like nukes. Yeah, I'd want them too. <laughs> uh huh. And that's kind of, you know, like this is, and this is, this is yet another step in my frustration with Danny's stories. It's just like, you know, here she is, she's wandering the docks, she doesn't know what to do. And she has these moments, you know, in her story where she's like, oh, which, which way am I supposed to turn? What am I supposed to do? Everything's against me. I don't have the money to get a ship, you know, and I'd have to sell one of my dragons, which she doesn't want to do. And then it's like, you know, just magically drops from the sky. Oh, here's three ships and we're going to take care of everything. And like, this is the frustrating yeah. thing to me about Danny's story is that she just gets these overloaded, you know, advantages just dropped on her. And I'm not saying awful things don't also happen to her, but it's just like, it's, you know, Oh, it's hundred percent overpowered. To, <laughs> yeah. She's so overpowered and it's just, it's hard to root for anybody that is <laughs> just getting, oh. Oh, you look, know. the exact thing I was worried about has fixed itself. Yes. <laughs> yes. And and it's just like, okay, how am I supposed to root for this? I don't know. Through no real doing of my own. Yeah. It's so true. Like, her gifts, uh, we look at what she's been given throughout, like a dragon eggs, a Dothraki army, <laughs> ships. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, you know, this happens. This always, you know, the hero always has stuff just kind of hero, fall yeah. in their lap. But nobody's got it falling like Danny does. And like, she's getting shit too, but you know, so is everybody else. And then there's also dragons. And yeah, it just seems like after the three dragons, the rest of it should have been okay. Now you got to figure something out. Yeah. You, you, <laughs> you, you've already got the biggest hand up. <laughs> I guess that's what George is doing now, but she's already yeah. got such an advantage. It's, oh, well. <laughs> um, our last question is from Buck O'Hare on discord. Um, why does Illyrio send Barristan to Danny, not Fagon? Does it matter? Hmm. So, not send Barristan to Fagon? Yes. I mean, well, Dragons. number one, <laughs> I don't think Aegon needs them. And <laughs> number two, like, you probably don't want, you probably don't want anyone else competing with John Connington for kind of, Vying John, yeah. <laughs> to make him feel threatened as far as his his position with Aegon would be maybe my guess. And here's what, talk about a character that everybody loves that I'm a little mad on John Connington. <laughs> my guy. Um, yeah, I don't know. That would be my guess. I don't. I don't know. I mean, because it's more interesting to send him to Danny, who has no idea who he is. I guess it's probably the real answer. Yeah, you, you got this moment. You wouldn't have this cl- uh, cloaked hooded old dude with a staff crushing a dangerous bug. Like you got to have that scene play out. That's why. <laughs> George George loves a secret identity moment. I don't know what else to say. It's <laughs> it's his thing. <laughs> all right. Is that all of them, Devin? We got all the messages. Um, yes. That was good. Thank you for sending those in. That was a, a good chunk of them. Is there any last parting shots before I move on to the the end of the episode? I'm going to take that as a no. Okay. Um, if you want to send us mail, please do so at close the door and at gmail.com. Uh, follow us on 
Twitter at Door Podcast. You can also find us on Reddit and Tumblr and Patreon and uh, do consider subscribing there if you can. Uh, above all, like and review and recommend this podcast to all the places. And uh, on that note, thank you both for joining me today. Closing the door. Get out. Bam! Another one in the can. That's a good one. Yeah, did, did anything else happen in that? I didn't. I wrote down one thing about the sperm. Was there anything else? <laughs> <laughs> sperm. Oh, um, the shrimp soup. Pepsi. Oh, shrimp soup. Shrimp soup. And Barrison grew a beard and is now unrecognizable. <laughs> Beards make you unrecognizable. Beards is long hair. George loves his secret identities or whatever. That that was good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like you said, a bug. <laughs> some manticore so feels like a little more than a bug <laughs> but so th- i thought it was a bug like i thought i my i thought it's I was- just, the description just fucks me up because of what like <laughs> what it's supposed to look like and it gets me every time no what is a manticore i know i'm googling <laughs> it has like oh well, it's like a lion with like wings. a griffin <laughs> I think fuck? the one in this chapter is like the smaller, like a smaller version of this or something like that. Is it, it just fucks me up every time when I read you it? You should have corrected me, Devin, because that would have been hilarious. I didn't think about it till well after, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, she's a bug." Is- <laughs> I was sure I read Scarab Beetle for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! I did not know this is what a manticore is. <laughs> Every day I learn. That's amazing. I'm only consoled that Chicky also didn't know what the fuck it was. <laughs> oh my god, I may have to cut this into the outro bit. <laughs> and it, it's just it happens so quickly because I think the description is like, uh, I can't remember like the tail's dripping with venom and it has a black face that's like almost human like. And like when I or, when I see uh, the word manicorn, I'm like, oh shit. Oh. I 100% I've, pictured, like, a big bug with, like, a human face and a scorpion tail. <laughs> Which so is what I think the show did. Like, why have I, I never Googled Manticore before? Like <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. It's like a Pokemon. This is not the first time I've read about a Manticore either. Wow. I had some things wrong and some other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Mythical Origin is from Iran. Oh. Well, learn something new every day. Something new. <laughs> every damn day. This is going in. <laughs> Cue music. <laughs>